Happy Halloween and welcome to Is This a Brie? My name is Anne-Marie Petersma. And I'm Christine Clark. And we are here with our special pre-season episode of Is This a Brie? What we're doing today is we're going to be talking about some unconventional pairings, by which we mean candy and cheese pairings. We've got four of them for you today. Let's go. Is this a So in the past, we've done sort of like fancier candy with cheese before. We've done like single origin chocolate, which is beautiful and lovely. Um, but today we're just doing like Halloween candy with cheese, um, which is something we enjoy honestly just as much and maybe even sometimes a little bit more simply because Probably. there's... Yeah. <laughs> nostalgia is a hard one to improve upon. So there's a lot of nostalgia in our pairings today. Um, and oh, yeah. we love unconventional pairings because we like delicious things. You know, first and foremost, we like putting things like cheese that are delicious with other things that we like, like the sort of terrible Halloween candy from our, our childhoods. Absolutely. And we like unconventional pairings because it opens people's minds. And because of that, unconventional pairings are the funniest parts because it's always stepping out of your comfort zone. It's always a little uncomfortable and you kind of never know what you're going to get when you're going into this uh, uncharted territory for yourself. Yeah. And that's kind of what we like about it, right? We're sort of opening our minds, um, but in a very playful way, which is sort of the funnest thing about food, I think. If, um, as far as both of us are concerned, uh, or one of the fun things, at least. So as far as pairing principles, we'll probably get into these a little bit more in the season. But as far as candy and cheese, really the most important pairing principle that is not really a pairing principle is have fun. Just put things together that seem like they'd be good together. Um, last night, I had a cheese uh, called uh, Zimbro that's sort of mm. like apple jolly ranchery and like floral and tart and beautiful and i have mostly had it with like bread or chorizo um which is excellent and i had an apple on the counter and so i was like maybe these will be good together and i cut it up and it was magical so i think the most important thing is just try things that sound good to you but as far as pairing principles that are a little more uh, maybe helpful uh, <laughs> or like, you know, declarative. Um, so we talk about like with like. So with that Zimbro and apple pairing, both had sort of like pretty apple flavors. They're both a little bit floral. Um, and by putting those together, it really just enhanced that. Um, then opposites attract is another one. And the nice thing about the apples, at least that I was eating yesterday, is they didn't have a ton of acidity. Um, but Zimbro has some really beautiful acidity. So sort of the like crunchy, refreshing apple really was beautiful with the acidity and like intense creaminess of the Zimbro. And um, another one that we talk about, which isn't quite as important for pairing um, candy with cheese, is <laughs> what grows together goes together. Um, so yeah, that one doesn't matter as much today, but it's something to think about if you're pairing wine with cheese or beer. And I mean, with candy, you know, if there's like a caramel sauce that is very famous from a region, that'll probably be good with the cheese. So it's not something that'll never come up with cheese pairings, but, or with like candy and cheese pairings. But today it's, I mean, 
I don't know where Reese's comes from and the cheese that's from there we're probably not going to deal with. So, Right. Quite a departure from single origin chocolate <laughs> where you know that everything is from one place. We literally don't know where any of this is coming from. Any component of any part of this candy, who knows? Could be from literally anywhere because that's how industrial candy works. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> so our first pairing is Prairie Breeze and Reese's. Prairie Breeze is one of our favorite cheeses. I am in Iowa right now, so I'm very excited to talk about this cheese because it is from Milton Creamery in Milton, Iowa. Prairie Breeze is this absolutely beautiful, sweet, cheddar-y, crunchy, salty cheese that has the creaminess of a young cheddar, but all of the complexity and flavor of an aged cheddar. And we often talk about having Prairie Breeze and peanut butter for breakfast, uh, because it's yeah it's just great it's just a fun thing it's like protein on protein you can get swole just from that pairing it's stacked uh but also Reese's you have that peanut butter but then you get the sweetness that's also reflected from the peanut butter because it is a very sweet peanut butter but also in the cheese I did have this the other day uh, no, because did. as soon as I got here I'm like I'm gonna be with high schoolers all day so I bought three bags of candy for myself but knowing that someone would naturally steal most of them which they did i also had a peanut butter stout with prairie breeze the other day yeah and it was wonderful and it kind of reflect reflected the same pairing idea that this peanut buttery smooth or crunchy if you're doing crunchy peanut butter but in this case for reese's it's a very smooth very sweet with a slightly crunchy, salty, but a little sweet pairing, and it's wonderful. So it's a little bit like with like, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, and that's the fun thing with all these pairing principles is that you can argue most of the time for several pairing principles, and that's just because yeah. food is multidimensional, and you can always argue for, you know, a different element of it. But yeah, I think like with like is is solid for Reese's. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the texture, like, I feel like the, while Reese's obviously isn't like a crunchy thing, it does sort of, you sort of get that like, not quite crumbly, not quite, not quite crunchy texture of the peanut butter inside. And it's smoother than the Prairie Breeze would be, but like, has similar sort of like texture to it. I don't know. Yeah, it's. Yeah, because it has like, because when you bite into a Reese's, it's not like a like a crunch but it's a bite you know yeah. unless it's been like melted in your pocket for three hours right, right. and then you're just kind of like opening it and like licking no one knows what texture that is really yeah, right. i'm not sure a hot car is the closest <laughs> thing i can get to describing that um but this is specifically milk chocolate reese's and i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> because i'm gonna do this rant again <laughs> it's an important one i think it's an important one. All right. So if you get your your variety pack of Reese's, you will get three types. You will get milk chocolate Reese's, you will get dark chocolate Reese's, and white chocolate Reese's. White chocolate Reese's needs to calm down. <laughs> it thinks it's so special. And this is why. On the wrappers for the descriptions of each candy for milk chocolate Reese's, you get milk chocolate and peanut butter. Easy enough. Simple enough, right? Mm -hmm. Then for dark chocolate Reese's, you get dark chocolate and peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Simple enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Easy. Straightforward. White chocolate Reese's, the description is peanut butter enrobed in white creme. 
the hell do you think you are, white Reese's? Like, why is it so much better? Why is it so much more fancy? And I don't know if it's because they're trying to make it seem really special because they know that at the end of the day, and I have proof of this from the past week of having high schoolers come in and steal my candy, it is always the last one left in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's overcompensating a little bit. Like, it's it knows that it's not quite the favorite and it just wants people if it if people happen to read it actually what probably happens is that the white chocolate one is always the one left and so people pick it up sort of absent-mindedly but not to taste it and then they read that right. copy on the front and they're like ooh, ooh, maybe it's fancier and then they taste Could it be. and then i really like white chocolate reese's i have to admit so if it were they're good that, they're good yeah they just you're not enrobed in anything you're you're a candy bar from the grocery store like calm down right yeah no one's enrobed that is not creme that it's it's white chocolate get over yourself just be delicious and own it that is my Reese's rant what is the next pairing Christine (laughs) so our next pairing is kind of (laughs) um well we'll talk about it our next pairing is manchego and candy corn and manchego is a cheese that I find a lot of people know or have heard of. Um, Because manchego can mean a lot of different things, though, people are sort of confused about it. Um, And because in the U.S. our labeling laws are a little bit trash, people are confused, and that's not really their fault. So manchego is a Spanish cheese. Um, It is name protected, which means that it should come from La Mancha, Spain, and from the milk of manchega sheep. Um, there are a lot of different ages that you can get manchego at. Today, we're looking for something a little bit younger. So if you're going to go out and do that, um, preferably go shop somewhere with like a staffed cheese counter, which is always how I think you should shop for cheese if you can, and ask for something a little bit younger. Manchego has sort of a wide range of flavors, but I find that younger manchego is kind of a little bit creamier, a little bit buttery, but sort of has a caramely thing. Um, and reminds me of candy corn. So candy corn is so fun with it because they have not similar textures exactly exactly because candy corn does have that sort of waxiness in a way that feels industrial. And manchego has waxiness too, but in a way that feels like cheese. Like don't be afraid of manchego if you haven't had it. Um, but sort of the like caramely, buttery, gently sweet elements of manchego and candy corn, I think are going to be pretty solid together. Again, because there are so many different types of manchego, go just try this with whatever kind of manchego you can. Um, especially if you get something a little bit older, you might get more of those sort of like richer caramelly brown sugary notes, which also would be fun with the candy corn. Um, so this is just kind of a playful thing that, you know, manchego hopefully doesn't freak very many people out. I find that's kind of a favorite. And candy corn is such a nostalgic Halloween thing. Like it's, you know, you can't have Halloween without candy corn, even if you don't eat candy corn. Like, it's, you know, quintessentially Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I find that candy corn can be a little cloying on its own, which is, I think, is why a lot of us who are grown-ups don't eat it. But manchego would add a little bit more, you know, of that, like, salty, savory quality. And so I think it actually could, like, change your life candy corn-wise, which is not a super important way to change your life. But, you know, could change your life a little bit. Just a step at a time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next pairing we have is Lemuse Gouda with Butterfingers. Uh, this is definitely a like-with-like pairing. This Gouda's from Holland, like most traditional real Goudas, uh, or Gouda if you're actually there. <laughs> you um, <laughs> if you want to do that. Um, 
it's a, it's a really uh, romantic language, Dutch. <laughs> and it is from particularly Northern Holland, uh, which is where my family is from, which is why I can make all these jokes about how terrible the language is. This Gouda is all of the creamy, caramely, salty, a little crunchy goodness vibes that you could ever want in a Gouda. With Butterfingers, you get a very similar thing. So you have this buttery, creamy, but also crunchy and salty wonderfulness enrobed in uh, milk chocolate, if you will. Uh, I won't, actually. I won't do that. Yeah. Yeah, please don't. And it's such a cool combination because they are very similar, but it's really cool to see a very similar flavor profile and two completely different things. One of them is a cheese that has taken so long to make with such care and attention, and the other one is a very quickly processed, mass-produced candy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even so, you know, flavor profiles aren't exclusive to how they're made all the time. Totally. Uh, And this is a pretty good example of that. Absolutely. And I find that Lemieux's... So, just in general, any gouda or gouda that's been aged for <laughs> i like definitely got closer to the mic when i said that just to make it a little funner <laughs> for everyone to listen to uh, <laughs> but with any aged gouda you're gonna sort of get that butterscotchy thing and i think the fun thing about the muse if you can find it if you don't have it near you then just find something that's a little bit more aged and again talk to your cheesemonger about that but the muse kind of has a brothiness to it that is unique mm to these longer aged goudas Uh, and when we say longer aged we mean like maybe a year plus like it's (laughs) it's not like wine where you keep it in your cellar for like 20 years and then start selling it but yeah um, god that'd be oof yeah oof uh (laughs) so with lemuse i think sort of the like savory notes that'll come out will be really pretty with the sort of brown sugary lightly salty notes of the butterfinger i'm really excited to get to this one again oh yeah and then our last pairing is the very classic blue cheese stilton um which is a i mean kind of one of two iconic blue cheeses in the world i mean well that's unfair but when we think about like european blue cheeses um very often mongers are talking about stilton or roquefort from france and you know people argue about which is better um, and we're not going to get into that but stilton nope. is very Different iconic episode. Yeah, <laughs> nope. yeah not this one uh stilton is very iconic very delicious um the thing i like about stilton is that it has this really lovely range of flavor and is more of an old world style cheese and that you sort of get the flavor of the animal that it's from like there's sort of like a cowy thing to stilton which can freak people out at first but i think it's weird to be freaked out by the fact that your cheese comes from an animal soapbox anyway uh but stilton, especially on the rind actually is kind of has like a maltiness and sort of a toastiness that i think is really good like and so it's fun when i'm teaching stilton in a class uh you know i'll always have something sweet to pair with it which is you know what we're getting into with the Kit Kat. But the funny thing is that people also tend to be freaked out by rinds 
And so you mm-hmm. get to tell people, you know, if you're a little afraid of it, start with the rind and they try it and they're like, this is delicious. And so it's, you know, even if they try the rest of the cheese and don't really love the blue mold or whatever, they've tried the rind and really like it. And it's kind of a mind opening moment of like, oh, I should maybe start trying the rind rather than leaving it on the plate. Very sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think even if you don't really love the sort of like peppery quality of the blue mold, a Kit Kat would really, really bring out all the sort of like toasty, salty, umami things about it. And this is a pairing I taught about a year ago at the Cheese School in San Francisco. And I actually was just planning on, it was like a chocolate and cheese class and I was just planning on doing more like single origin stuff and then we decided to throw some Halloween candy in the mix and this actually <laughs> was my favorite pairing um, both texturally because Kit Kats are pretty solid so you can really kind of use it as a cracker for the cheese which is honestly my favorite cracker um, oh yeah either potato chip or chocolate bar is always better than a real cracker and we then, need to do a whole different episode on alternative crackers yes. because it's really important you know <laughs> it's it will change your cheese life drastically it's like the best thing that cheese people do i think is use better things for crackers anyway but um <laughs> for the kit kat too it has that sort of malty wafery thing in the middle and that just pairs so beautifully with the toastiness and stilton and plays up the more sort of savory parts of the kit kat and it's it's just delicious and this one should be pretty easy to execute at home stilton is not hard to find um if you happen to be in a place with a range of stiltons then i prefer colston bassett yes if you can find it but again don't stress too much if you can't just find these things and put them together and enjoy your life. Especially their rind for some, like, I love yes. their rind so much. It's so good. Neil's Yard Dairy, it's amazing. If you can find it, go get it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, whatever Stilton you can find, whatever Kit Kats you can find, do it. It probably, I think Kit Kat does white chocolate ones too. And I feel like that would actually be really good with it too. Unless you're. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So if, you know. Try it with all the the Kit Kats and let us know how it goes. And just in general, if you try these and are really excited or try them and hate it, (laughs) tag us on the internet. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Is This a Brie? And we would love to hear how it goes. And also, if you're just sort of playing with different cheeses and other Halloween candies, we also want to hear how that goes. If you have questions about pairing other cheeses with other Halloween candies, we want to help you with that. Um, Especially with candy and cheese pairings, we are 100% here for you. Yeah, always, always here. No matter what time of year, it does not have to be Halloween. (laughs) If you tag us in Christmas time and it's you're like, hey, I found uh, a chocolate pumpkin underneath my bed and I tried it with some cheddar and it was bomb. We want to know. We will be so happy to hear that, in fact, because that's what we will be doing probably right before Christmas is eating leftover chocolate pumpkins with our cheese. So, Yeah, most definitely. So make sure to subscribe uh, so you can get in on all this cheesy goodness when season one drops, which is the Monday before Thanksgiving. Plan on it. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Is this a-